protesting. I'm not saying my name at the beginning. What? Oh my god. Because that... every time I go, hey, everybody's me, Katie Stewart. And you say, hey, everybody's me, hey, good. And then we do the exact same thing at the beginning of the actual episode. And it's redundant and silly. I'm not doing did it. Did we do I'm, it at the I'm beginning of this episode? Strike. I don't remember. Strike. That really, that really, I did the whole thing. I pressed the record button, I got some room sound, and then I pointed at you, let just say go. That's true. And you didn't say the I'm thing. It was on weird. strike from saying, hi, it's me, Katiosaurus, even though I've Except said it like three extra times in my strike. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Infinite Quest. Um, this episode, uh, we're going to talk about reading, but it goes... <laughs> it gets real weird. It gets real weird. We end up talking about school supply-related trauma or... <laughs> And uh, a bunch of other stuff. The trauma of Trapper Keepers. The trauma of Trapper Keepers and, and, and all that stuff. So anyways, if you're interested in hearing about that, stick around. I got absolutely nothing. Okay, well then screw it. Let's just short and sweet, baby. Yeah, we have a Patreon. Yep. Transition. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everybody, it's me, Katie Soros. And it's me, Higood. And welcome back to Infinite Quest. Eric, I have a really good joke to start this. What do you got? I was, I was going to do the butterfly in the sky. I, I can, can go, go twice, twice as high. high. Just take a look. It's in, in a book. book. Reading Rainbow. And that's all we can sing because otherwise we'll get hit with copyright infringement. <laughs> can we get that much? By the estate of LeVar Burton. <laughs> that's how we get him on the podcast. We just try he to like, get as many copyright strikes against yeah, that song. Yeah, like, like, LeVar Burton, notice us, please. We love you so much. <laughs> Thank you for my childhood. Oh, God. What if he actually listens to this? Help. Oh, God. I think that would work if we just get 10 billion copyright strikes against that. And we're like, LeVar Burton, save us. We're wholesome and cool and we just like the song. And LeVar Burton's like, no. And then he comes and he punches you flies in. in. Can I, 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 I would not question it for a second if you looked at me in all seriousness. I was like, yeah, LeVar Burton was given the gift of flight for being a faultless soul. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, believe it. of course he can fly. Like, absolutely. That's, I would absolutely believe that 100%. It's, it's, it's him, Mr. Rogers. Um, Bob Ross. Bob Ross and Steve Irwin. Yep. All just flying just, around up there. I have, a, party. I have a t-shirt with all of them on it, and it says the four horsemen of wholesomeness. Aww. Oh, that's probably why I had those in my head. Probably. They were just flopping Maybe. around on there. It's a it's a bad touch t-shirt, though. It's one of those t-shirts where I bought it, and then it came, and the t-shirt feels gross, so I can't ever wear it, but I like the picture on it. That's a shame. I know. It makes me sad. So why 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 is it that you brought up uh, Reading Rainbow, Katie? Because today's episode is brought to you by the letter R. For reading. Oh, yeah? That was a Sesame Street joke, because I also want to be on Sesame Street. Yeah, oh, yeah, Big I'm just, Bird's I'm up there, them, I'm knocking them all out of the park today. This is great. This is quality podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're in a tent. We are. I built a little, yeah, for, 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 for context, everybody, I built a little sound tent thing to try to make a little collapsible noise booth thing, and it doesn't, it doesn't really work. I think it's because the cardboard <laughs> vibrates, and so it sort of acts like a sounding board, even oh. though there's dampening foam on it. I just, so. you know a lot about sound. Eh. So. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess I know about vibrations. Vibranium. Vibranium. <laughs> do you know a lot about vibranium? Oh, yeah, dude. What do you know about vibranium? It's some uh, metal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is and it's really expensive. It's fictional. It's fictional. Is vibranium fictional? I genuinely don't know. Is that like a real element? No, no, no. It's not like a dumbass. De definitely fictional. Yeah, absolutely fictional. <laughs> um, like on obtainium. Exactly. Well, it's really hard to get, guys. What are we gonna call it? God damn! How the fuck did that slip through the goddamn writers' room? <laughs> it's really hard to get obtain. Oh wait, you guys, I have a great idea. <laughs> really, just, really hard to get metal. 
is what uh, we're going to call we're it. We're going to really hard to getium. No, that's too hard. <laughs> that's too obvious. What about unobtainium? <laughs> anyway, here, do you want to talk about reading and ADHD? I do. Well, I mean, I do and I don't, but I'm, I'm realizing because I have to I, I have to do reading for this. You know, I'm reading ADHD books and stuff like that. Right. And um, looking back throughout my, my tenure as a human, um, reading... I can I can see the the red flags of my ADHD throughout my reading career. Like mm-hmm. every time I had to read for school, um, I mean I can read like you know signs and stuff like, but I have to sit down and read. I'm gonna make a bunch of noise while you talk with my chair. Oh yeah, please, thank you so much. Oh, you want to tap on the table? You want to lean on the table a little more? Do some of that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like people. <laughs> would be funny if the story of the podcast is just the story of us slowly hating each other. Oh no! Like you can just hear. It. No, I mean no, that's not no, gonna happen. That would I love make you very me much. So sad. <laughs> like, Don't hate me. I'm sorry. I, I can't I, help it. My feet are noisy. I'm the noisiest feet. I'm sorry. My feet I are always much. making noise, even when I don't want them to. They're just like <laughs> kicking stuff over. They're making the chair creak. Yapping. So anyway, you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you always felt like a stupid human because you could read very well. <laughs> no, but like looking back on the things that were difficult about school. And I, I mean, my, my relationship with reading is intrinsically tied to, to my relationship with school. Um, because so when, when I'm when I say reading, I don't necessarily mean like reading, like a sign, you know, like I don't have dyslexia. Um, but sitting down and reading something and having it download into my brain has always been extremely difficult for me. I usually have to read a given paragraph several times, yeah. at least more than once. Um, just because, for, well, for a number of reasons. A, a big one for me is I'm very audio sensitive. Like, I'm very aware of noises that are happening. And so if there's any noise happening at all, every little noise is a crystallization point or a jumping off point for my ADHD to be like, what was that? I wonder what sound that could make. Are going to make an instrument out of that or something? So there's that. So earplugs have helped me a lot in that department. Um, and another one is sometimes I, I can't, well, I cannot be thinking about reading while reading. Expound. If I sit and I and I'm reading and I go, hey, look at me, I'm reading. I'm fucked. Like I'm screwed. Well, because I won't notice that I'm thinking that until after I've scanned a page and realize I, don't, I didn't actually read any of it. So I can't be thinking about reading while I'm reading, which sucks because as I've noticed more and more that my relationship with reading is strange, I'm more likely to be like, oh, look at me, I'm reading. Good for me. Self high five. So that. Um, and another one is sometimes when I reach the end of a sentence, I will have forgotten the first part of the sentence. Oh, I do that all the time. And so it's like, oh shit, and I go back and I read the first part and it just keeps happening over and over and over again. And then as I get more frustrated, it gets worse and it all tumbles out. Um, the one thing I can read without a problem are like page turner action novels, like Jack Reacher, uh, Robert Ludlum. That's the most novels. boy thing I've ever heard you say. What? They're great. I love them so you much. You do not strike me as a John Clancy type of fellow. Really? Yeah. Well, I love them. They're just like that's great. Save the world. Meow. It's great. How do you? I've I've never, admittedly, I've never read one of those books. Oh, they're fantastic. And I have a lot of questions about how you translate like an action movie to the page, because it's sort of like a reverse action movie. You're like it's like the novelization, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like. Jack Reacher turned around and the window broke. I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot well, of it's questions. like it's you don't need to worry about the shot. I think. Yeah. So, or like special effects or anything like. So your budget is just infinite. You know. Right. So that's pretty cool. You can have like buildings explode or whatever. Like, yeah. There's literally no. 
restraints on what can happen because of a shot you can't get around. So that's pretty right. cool. Was you know what's cool about movies is now computers exist and so you can just do whatever you want. Now that's too. true. That's Which true. Isn't that weird? It is pretty it's like weird. we went from like, oh, we can't possibly ever like do make this movie to like, oh, we can just literally have portals to everywhere open up in the middle of nothing and <laughs> yeah, right. go save the world. <laughs> Somewhere Buster Keaton's like, Jesus Christ. I know, right? I jumped onto a fucking train. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> but those books I can read because it's not so much like integrating and understanding and downloading like the concepts behind what's being right. said. Because that's ultimately what it's like. It's like the words are words, but the words are referring to concepts. Yeah. So when I'm... What helps me is when, like, when I read about a thing, is thinking of the concepts behind the words. When but you, if it's like a page turner, then it's just like he walked down the street, and I'm like, yeah. It's when when you read your action movie books, uh, do you do you picture it? Are you able to like picture it in your head? Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I, it's all it's all very clear up in the old cabeza. I do not have the the aphantasia. You don't have aphantasia, do you? I do. You do. I do. Oh my gosh. What's that like? We've never talked about this? No, well we we actually just talked about it in my Twitch stream this morning, but Yeah. No, we have never talked about it. I this. have I have like a very odd experience with aphantasia because I can picture stuff, but like it is either everything or or pieces. Like I don't have like if you told me to like picture like a purple apple, which is always like the example that they use, I can, like, picture, like, the concept of purple. Like, I can picture the color purple, kind of. I can picture, like, picture, like, the way that I, 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 the best way that I can explain it is, like, if you picture, like, imagine somebody was, like, filming a dream sequence where they were trying to, like, convey the idea of an apple. Mm. That is what I see in my head. So I don't see, like, the, like, the, like, an apple fruit. I see, like, the shape of the top of an apple and like a leaf and sunlight and like oh. like a bite taken out of an apple but i can't make like the apple like purple in my head unless oh. i like really really think about it but in reading it really depends if it's a really really good book then i have like i can i can picture it but that's sort of like we'll get i mean we'll get into like fiction versus nonfiction later um but like yeah, it's like a whole thing where like I can't really picture stuff. That's just like an apple deconstructed. Yeah, it's like it's like all of all of the stuff that I picture is like deconstructed or hyper hyper specific. And huh. there's and it's weird. I've never been able to figure out like what the sort of like catalyst is for that. Because like I'll be, you know, like when I'm DMing or something, I'm not it's not written down. Like if it if it's written down, I can't picture it. But like if I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, like I like on my Twitch stream one time I was talking about like a, like I was making up some stupid shit on my Twitch. Um, but I was talking about like a law office. And like I could see it. Like I was like I was picturing it in my head. I was picturing this sort of like very like cinematic scene. But it's weird because I either see like flashes and dream sequences or like a very concrete like cinematic play by play, but there's no like in between. It's bizarre. Huh. So it's like if it's if it's born in your head. Then you can do it, but you can't like take it from yeah like, an age maybe and do it. yeah that might be like a good way of saying it is because like if somebody's like well picture this and I'm like no but if I'm just like you know like oh you walk into like an enchanted forest I'm like huh. I have an idea of what that enchanted forest looks like it's very strange huh and I've never heard anybody talk about it that way either so I'm always just like am I the weird one 
Huh. Well, also, so one of the reasons I wanted to talk about reading is because you and I have a very different relationship to reading. I know. I'm. I was kind of nervous for this episode when you suggested it. Well, it's one of the. It's one of our biggest differences. I yeah. think is our different our, our different relationship with reading because you were a massive reader. It's true. I also would like to point out that I was about to make a Ravenclaw versus Slytherin joke, and we are literally wearing blue and green right now. <laughs> we totally. I'm wearing fucking blue and fucking silver. <laughs> <laughs> and I say things like my father. My Potter. Potter. <laughs> you can picture that a bit. It's true. That's a visual reference, everybody. It's true. That I couldn't possibly explain. Potter. But you were you learned to read very early. Yes. And you liked it, and you did it. I did. I did a lot for funsies. I read a lot of words. What kind of in your earliest memories of reading? Were you what were you reading? Were you reading storybooks? Were you reading nonfiction books? Were you reading coffee table books? <laughs> um. My. The very first book I ever read was when I figured out how to read was a book of children's Bible stories that my grandma had like just like around the house for some reason. Um, but then like I would just I would read like everything and it was mostly stories. I didn't get into like nonfiction until like high school. Um, and then it turned out that I actually like nonfiction a lot more than fiction. Like I'm weirdly picky about fiction now. Hmm. Um, but like growing up, I mean, like I. I read the entire children's section of my library by the time I was, like, 12. Jesus. And so, like... Um, That's your little wheelbarrow. With a little wa- it was or a little wagon. wagon. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Wagon. You'd take a my wagon dad to would the take library. Um, That's wonderful. Yeah, but, I mean, I would I would just read everything. I would read, like, Sweet Valley Twins and the Babysitter's Club, you know, like, all those, like, sort of, like, YA, like, series books. I was really into Nancy Drew. I love Nancy Drew. I have a complete set of the original, like, vintage Nancy Drew at home. I'm proud of those because someday they're going to be worth a lot of money. Um, and uh, yeah, but then I also have like very specific memories of like seeking out nonfiction as well. Like I remember going to the library and because I decided I wanted to be a magician and I've talked about that before. Um, but I remember getting the book about magic and that was like one of the first like nonfiction books that I read. Um, and my dad had a lot of books about war. Like I know a weird amount about Winston Churchill because my dad had all like my dad was a dad and so he was like legally obligated to have a shelf of like <laughs> world war ii books like yeah. at home um and so yeah so so i read a lot of that but yeah I, re- I i mean i cannot stress enough like i read everything like i read everything and then i went through this really like douchebag pretentious phase when i was like seven where i was like mm, i'm gonna read all the classics and so i remember very specifically being on like a family vacation when i was like eight or nine and i was reading anna karenina and Jesus. like the guy at the like the the concierge at the hotel like saw me reading in the lobby and he's like what are you doing and I was <laughs> like I'm reading this book it's about Russia and the winter and he was like you're on vacation what are you doing and I just remember <laughs> that um, but yeah well knowing knowing what you know now about ADHD and the fact that you have it do you recognize anything about your relationship to reading that is in any way related to ADHD? Oh, that's such a good question. Yeah. Because for me, when I think of reading my ADHD, they're right next to each other. Yeah. And it's a negative relationship, but also with ADHD comes hyperfocus, which may, I, think, I don't want to speak for you. But. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's what, I mean, the, I mean, I guess the real answer is it was probably hyperfocus of some kind. Like I would go through phases of like, I'm going to read every fucking Nancy Drew book. Like I'm going to read it. But it's also very important to caveat, and I need to say this, and I know that it sounds pretentious, but I am an exceptionally fast reader. Yeah, it's it is important to quantify the rest of what I talk about in this podcast. 
by saying that I am an exceptionally weirdly fast reader. Can I, 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 I don't want to embarrass you, but just for context, I think it is important to understand that you're an extremely fast reader. So like, you know, a 300 page novel, just a page turn, your little novel. If you had to read that as fast as you could, how long do you think it would take you? Probably an hour. An hour? Yeah, Jesus. something like that. I wow. Know. I mean, it also depends on the book because I do the same thing that you were talking about earlier is I'll forget the end of the sentence. Uh, and so my time is like, it's weird because I'm an exceptionally fast reader, but my, my time is often slowed. Not that I'm timing myself, but is slowed by the fact that like I'll read because I read like paragraphs at a time. Mm-hmm. Like I don't read words, I read paragraphs. And so I'll forget. Like, you know, because I'll be, like, thinking about something or whatever, and I'll still be reading, and then my mind will wander, and I'll realize I've read, like, five pages, and I have no concept of, like, what was actually being discussed. Um, So that's that's fun. I also want to be clear, when when you talk about how fast you read, and I say, Jesus, I don't mean to be like, you're a freak. I just, it's it's just I'm I'm honestly really used to it. Like, like it's been people being weirded out by how fast I read has has been, like, a strangely large part of my academic experience. Hmm. Like to the point where like I'm I'm literally used to people like watching me read in public. It's I mean, it's, it's amazing. I remember when we were in the book nook in that Airbnb in California. <laughs> you were like, hmm, and you picked out a book from the shelf, and I was watching. We were watching a Gordon Ramsay Kitchen Nightmares, and like an episode went by, and you were like, that was good, and you like closed it and put it back on the thing. It's like what? It, that's so I, crazy. I had to stop buying books. I couldn't afford it. Yeah, well, I remember <laughs> I, had, I had a hyper focus week in high school. I've always been fascinated by speed reading because. I've always been an, an insanely slow reader. I mean, I don't want to say, I don't know what, how slow, like insanely slow is, but if I read, if I'm reading well, like my peak reading, if I'm focused, if I'm reading, I read about as quickly as I talk, maybe a little slower than that because I'm like narrating uh, dramatically, you know? Yeah. So I'm like talking. I in my, I think my t- overall, my time is slower than that because I have to read things twice very frequently. Um, so if I want to know the contents of a book, that's like easily a month, um, easily a month. And it's a shameful month. It is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for myself, you know, because I mean, in, in every movie ever, the smart kid was a reader. Just, I mean, was sort of like a caricature of, of yeah. you when you were a kid, you know, a seven-year-old reading Anna Karenina. Like in every piece of media ever, the the, the smart kid is a really fast reader and can like, you know, uh, what Spencer read from Criminal Minds. Sure. And <laughs> such a weird example. Well, I remember there's a scene, there's a scene where uh, he brings, Criminal Minds is a TV show. It's like a, it's like a crime solving show. And there's a guy named Spencer Reed on it who's one of the investigators and he's like a genius. And, um, at some point he brings up, oh yeah, there's a book on that subject, you know, uh, uh, I'll go find it and read it. It'll take like 10 minutes. And uh, he says, it'll take you 10 minutes to find that book? And he says, no, to read that book. And I was just like, oh, that's so fucking cool. Like, oh, I don't want to do that so bad. But I've always felt that that deep knowledge that I want about things, you know, not just like the surface, I skimmed an article knowledge, but like that deep knowledge. I've always felt very distant from that. Like there's a huge gate between me and it because it takes me so exceptionally long to read a book about it. Um, so like, I, for example, I got a book called The ADHD Explosion, which is great. You should read it, uh, dear listener. Um, but I've been reading that book for like a month and a half and I read it decently frequently. Like it's not like, you know, every once every two weeks I read a book, but it's just because that's how long it takes me to read. And after, you know, I after about three or four pages, 
my brain starts to do that. What's outside? What's downstairs? There's you're missing something. You're missing something. You're missing something. And it just gets overwhelming. And the longer I fight it off, the worse it gets. And if I notice it, it gets worse. And so it's sort of this weird, I don't know if catch 22 is the applicable term here. Um, but the more I try to solve the problem, the more it inflates because it draw it, it gets worse with attention. And so the only times that I'm able to read for long periods of time is if I'm completely unaware of the fact that I'm reading, which is strange. <laughs> it's a very strange thing. I mean, very oftentimes, you know, I mean, I think everybody experiences this when you're reading a book and you're reading through a page and you get to the end of the page and you realize I didn't read any of those words. I was yep. just skimming the page. Um, what triggers that is when I notice that I'm reading, when I'm observe, when I observe myself. And like I float above myself and go like, look at, look at Eric, he's reading. That's cool. Like, haha, I bet he looks really smart if somebody were to, you know, see him or something like that. Um, but anyways, I, uh, that's why I think I was so, I'm so, uh, uh, uh fascinated by speed reading. Cause that would be just the most amazing thing in the world to just look at a book and be like, oh, this is a book that talks about how ADHD relates to, I don't know, crime or something like that. And be able to just take the afternoon and then know what's in that book. Because for me, I, that would be getting the book and that would be a month and a half of like being mad at myself for not being a faster reader. And I don't know, it's, it's strange. So anyways, that's why I'm so fascinated by the fact that you can speed read. Because it's like, <laughs> holy shit, you know, like if we have a podcast guest on and they wrote a book, you know, I would of course want to read that book before they came on. But that would mean I would need to yeah. <laughs> have a month. Whereas you could buy it and, and do it yeah. in a day. As a... Not that this matters, but it does to me. But, like, I don't speed read. That's different. Because speed reading is, like, a purposeful thing that you do. I think. I'm pretty sure that I can, like, because I always get really uncomfortable when people say that I'm a speed reader. Because, like, speed readers, like, practice really hard. And they, like, work really hard to, like, learn, like, special techniques. And so, like, for me, I always feel like I'm invalidating the work that goes into speed reading. If I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a speed reader. I'm like, no, I just read fast. Like, hmm. I feel like there's a difference. Did you, Not that it matters, but I'm like, just sorry if you're a speed reader. Respect for terminology. Um, did you accelerate in your in your reading speed? Like, were you... Uh... Actually, I mean, yes and then no. Um, when... It's so weird. It's so weird that you asked that because when I lost my ovary... That was when I lost a lot of my reading speed. I used to be a lot faster. Really? Yeah. And it's because I, I lost so much ability to focus. Like the ability to focus that I had, um, that went like when the hormonal shift happened. And so like there was a lot of like, um, there was, it was, that was one of the worst parts because it, like I, I'm an actor. I mean, I don't know. Am I an actor still? You're I don't know actor. how that works. You're an actor. But like, I mean, you know, like especially being a trained Shakespeare person, 99% of the job is reading Shakespeare. And then like, you know, sometimes you get to stand on stage and say it, but like, there's a lot of the job that is just reading Shakespeare and memorizing Shakespeare. And there's an efficiency that needs to be there. And there's like systems and stuff, you know, that are, that I had in place. And, and when I wound up losing my ovary and like, and my ADHD like really got worse, I lost a lot of that. And so it was weird and I mean, it was one of the reasons why I sought a diagnosis because that was one of the big indicators that something was wrong. I was like, I had never not been able to sit down and read an act of a play. I had never sat down and tried to memorize a monologue and gotten, you know, five lines out of 20 before I like was bored, or, you know, and, and that was weird. And, um, and honestly, like, 
you know, oh, poor me, I can't read as fast, but I still read abnormally fast. But like there, I, I really feel like kind of a sense of loss for it because I used to be able to, to sit down and read a book in, you know, one sitting and I still can, um, but it's a lot more rare and it doesn't happen as frequently. Um, but also I've been thinking a lot about this and I, and like, this is such a common thing with gifted kids. This isn't even necessarily like an ADHD thing. This is just like a, uh, I think a very, very common experience of, of people who are like burnt out gifted kids, but like, we don't read anymore. Like, well, I shouldn't say we, but like, I don't really read anymore. Like I'll read, you know, if I'm like, want to learn something about ADHD and like, I read a lot of nonfiction, but like, I think for a lot of gifted, like burnt out gifted kids, the joy of reading was sucked out of us by like the demands of being an academically gifted person, especially with an undiagnosed neurodivergency, because you're constantly sort of like burning that candle at both ends in terms mm. of like being academically talented, but also like struggling with a undiagnosed neurodivergency. Like I don't, I don't really, f I used to love reading. I used to like, it was one of my favorite things. Like I would read and read and read and read. And like every summer like was I remember I remember the books I read every summer you know I remember the Harry Potter years I remember the the Alana years I remember the babysitters club years I remember the year that I did scary stories to tell in the dark and I was so fucking scared of the artwork <laughs> but like I don't have that anymore I I don't like reading like I I I still like Shakespeare I like the musicality of the verse and and i think i i view shakespeare as more like performative than like literature which i think is maybe one of the reasons why i stuck with it and i like reading nonfiction about shakespeare and like academic papers and stuff about shakespeare but like i haven't picked up like a novel probably five years i think the last novel i read was like the night circus and the only reason i i read it was because somebody was like you have to fucking read this book it's so good um and i did and i was like yeah it was a book <laughs> you know and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because a lot of my a lot of my emotions toward reading are like nostalgic hmm. and a lot of my feelings toward reading are also, I think, encompassed by ADHD all or nothing thinking, hmm. which is really silly. But like, I know, like I'm I'm a smart, smart person <laughs> and like I know that I'm not going to be able to read every book. And so I just was like, well, then what's the point? And that's silly. That's silly to deprive myself of something like, you know, reading and enjoyment and discovering like good stories and stuff like that. But like, I just, I was like, well, I'm never going to read every book. So I might as well just give up. And because reading is no longer something that I do for fun. And so, yeah, hmm. I, have a, I have a really weird relationship with reading. Would you say the the point in time the line where i don't, I don't, I don't want to say you well i'm going to put the, i know that the way that i'm about to say this is not necessarily the exactly correct way of saying this but okay. i think you'll understand what i mean yeah um did you stop reading when your when you lost your ovary and the hormonal shift oh no it was, it was way before that before it was that way before that yeah uh what can you identify any point any significant point around uh you know high school high school high school i mean i stopped reading for fun during high school and then college i you know like i would pick up a book here and there or whatever um 
but college was the shift between fiction and nonfiction. Mm. And then I think part of it was like from fiction to nonfiction, fiction to nonfiction. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I went to grad school where I just read because it was what I had to do for school is spoilers. If you're studying Elizabethan England, there's a lot of reading that you have to do because there's no like practicum. Uh, (laughs) So like I just read and read and read and read like academic stuff. Um, and so, yeah, so like that was, that was like the, and that was when I just was like tired of reading and I was tired of like, I think I just, you know, I very obviously got burned out in grad school. Um, but yeah, that was, that's, Hmm. that's it. So would you say it's a fair assessment to say as academic demands ramped up and you were expected to read more? The joy slowly got sucked out of oh, it. Oh, yeah, or absolutely. perhaps quickly got sucked out of I it. I mean, they've done, like, fucking studies on that, too. Like, that's not, that's, that's so common. Like, that's so common with mm-hmm. people in, like, you know, ac- like, academia, like, academia, but also just, like, kids who go through gifted programs. Like, we see that pattern a lot, is, is kids sort of give up on pleasure reading. Um, and it's, and it's, I think it's kind of sad. Yeah. I think reading is, is really... Nice. Oh, how? Look, look at that. You made it to the center of the episode. <laughs> is that, is that, is that I was like, I meant to. Are going to do it? Yeah. going to do it like that? No, I'm going to do it again. Ready? Okay. Oh, hi. Hey, welcome. Welcome. You made it to the center of the episode. Look at that. Congratulations. The center of the episode? <laughs> I'm keeping the steak. I, okay. I, 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 I'm keeping the steak. Uh, uh, get some okay. water. Be nice. Be some water. Stand up and stretch your legs or something. Snack. Eat a bagel. Yeah, we talked too much about how sad school supplies make us, and now we're slap happy. Oh, that hasn't happened yet. They're only oh, in the no, middle of the spoilers. episode. Oh, spoilers. That's spoilers for the the second half of the episode. Watch, I make a really cool induction heater analogy. It was he, great. He does. He explains what an induction heater is very well. To yeah. Me too. Speaking of Patreon, we do have a Patreon. It's called <laughs> Patreon.com. <laughs> Patreon.com slash infinite quest if you want to help support our mission of uh, educating about adhd and advocacy and whatever the hell this is head on over there and you get your name in a cool song too that's pretty cool and also if you want glasses you can buy them at zlittle.com and if you use code kdl they're not going to give you 15 percent off your order because i hit a million followers and now i'm top shit wow <laughs> I that bougie how do you spell it katie you didn't spell c-a-t-i-e-o oh no how do you spell zlittle god oh Z- <laughs> C A T I E O. It's very strange pronunciation. It's C E E L O O L dot com. We should delete this. No, we're using it. I don't okay. care. I'm using it. Transition. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I think we kind of did this backwards, but we did. I hear you have some science for us, Katie. I do. I, we absolutely we probably accidentally. Done I, we, I got like impassioned. <laughs> I got impassioned about reading. No, no, and no then, at all. I, you're, you're a fascinating person. Um, so yeah, I have I have some interesting scientific facts, said the academic of the group. Um, so what's really interesting, um, when I was speaking of research, when I was researching for this episode, um, one of the things that I found is that the studies about the relationship between like learning difficulties or learning disorders and ADHD are very inconclusive, but they are like consistently inconclusive, which is funny. Hmm. Um, And what I mean by that is that there is absolutely a link. There is absolutely a link between, like, the comorbidity of, like, ADHD and, like, a learning disorder of some kind. But the numbers, depending on the study, range wildly, which Hmm. is 
interesting. Um, so the numbers that I found, and, and some of these are averaged and some of these are like pulled from direct studies, but about 20 to 50% of people with ADHD have some sort of learning disorder, whether that's dyslexia, dyscalculia, which someday I'm going to be able to say right. Um, you know, there's like nonverbal learning, there's dysgraphia, which is like trouble with like handwriting and that kind of thing. And there's like several others as well. But even more interestingly, I think, than that is the fact that for people who have one, for, for people who have like one learning disorder, 20 to 70% of those people have some other learning disorder as well. So like if you have... Um, you know, dyslexia, you have a between 20 and 70% chance of also having like nonverbal learning or like dyscalculia or something like that. So like there's a connection between the actual like learning disorder as much as there is between ADHD and whatever. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it does. And so like, so then on top of that, about three, the, the numbers sort of work out to be about three in 10 people with dyslexia also have ADHD, which is different than three in 10 people with ADHD mm. also having dyslexia. It's sort of like ADHD and tics, where mm. like 20% of people with tics have ADHD, but not the other way around. Yeah. Um, but if you have ADHD, you are six times more likely to have a learning disorder than like the neurotypical population. But the repercussions of that, Eric, very interesting. Oh, yes. Would you like to hear more? I would love to. Okay. So obviously, so so there's been a lot of studies on like, well, what what's the big deal? What's what's the impact of like not being able to read well or write well or math well? And it's really interesting and it's kind of upsetting. And so just buckle in for this. Because what because what they've done is they've done a lot of studies on the connection between learning disorders and what that means for like later in your life. And so we, so obviously there is the academic component. We see statistically across the board, people with learning disorders struggle in school more and they struggle with graduation rates, especially like uh, going into college, especially like the dropout rates for people with dyslexia and uh, dyscalculia are much higher, but even more than that, Eric. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I keep aggressively saying Eric. Um, <laughs> but there is a psychological component to that. We see that people who struggle, especially people who struggle with undiagnosed learning disorders, have a much more statistical likelihood of addiction. They have a more statistical likelihood of suicide and self-harm. And then also, on top of that pile of shit, um, there is also statistics and science studies that shows that people with learning disorders wind up across their lifetime making less money and getting less advancements in the workforce than people without, which then sort of circles back on itself in terms of like psychological and academic success. It's not great. Damn. Yeah. I mean, it's... That it, was fun research. Yeah. I just kept getting sadder and sadder and sadder. <laughs> well, that's one of those things that like, I, I suppose if you sat in an armchair and thought about it, you could reason those things out. Yeah. But then knowing that they're measurably true, it's yeah. like, oh. Well, and that's the thing, is like, I was like reading these studies and like, there was like, a lot of me was like, well, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But then you're like, okay, well, at least like there are studies to back this up. But I think what, what that shows more than anything is like, 
again, sort of like the thing that we talk about all the time is that it's not just something that affects seven-year-old boys in the back of the classroom. Like we are seeing repercussions into your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s because of the sociological and economic impact of these. And that is completely disregarding the disproportionate way in which neurodiversity affects like people of color and marginalized communities. It's just, and it's, it gets to the point sometimes with, with topics like this where it just gets so big and then I just get so angry because mm. <laughs> it's just, it's just so much. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, I feel blessed and cursed and, but ultimately grateful about doing what we do because we get to talk to a lot of people who are those statistics you know mm-hmm. those those numbers they're, they're the people that make those statistics we are the people that make those statistics and it's important to remember that well it's important to remember at some point but it's also hard to do in the moment when you're reading these studies that those percentages are people yeah and these measurable things are valid and very important to know um but ultimately what we're talking about is what is it like in a person's brain you know yeah and i i, I, it's, I find it very interesting that as we get more and more into the macro and as well as more and more into the micro of individual people, it's interesting to see like, oh, this is an example of that statistic. Or I see it well, in my, myself all the time. Well, it's weird too, because it's, so we're recording this in September and September is Suicide Awareness Month and October is ADHD Awareness Month. So like we're in for a busy couple of months. I think. Yeah, geez. But the thing especially that gets me with conversations about learning disorders is you look and you go, okay, so you're like letters switch around, like big fucking deal. But it's like, no, like that has a profound impact on people and how they navigate through the world. Because like many neurodivergencies, you know, there's like sort of like a spectrum of like how profoundly it's going to affect you. But the, but the thing that sticks with me a lot and sort of like content warning this moment, but like the studies about suicide exist because somebody died yeah you know someone died from suicide like multiple people died from suicide during these studies and it's like that was a person that was a person who was struggling with something and it's like and it was like reading you know and Mm -hmm. it's something that like so many people take for granted i mean i take it for granted like absolutely and so it's it's just it's really i don't know i feel like this is one of those episodes where we're like, oh, everything about ADHD is terrible. But I feel like it's really important to talk about that, to talk about the fact that, like, this kind of stuff affects people's lives in ways that, like, on the surface, you you might not ever understand. But, but you know, like, exactly what you were talking about, you know, like, your your relationship to reading. Like, if you hadn't had the support, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think balancing the the human component of it, remembering that these statistics are people, um, is of, uh, I mean, ineffable importance. Um, and I think, you know, I think that's why I'm so grateful to be a part of this, um, because there are a lot of books written, a lot of studies to read that talk about things in that statistical way. If you, you know, you're more likely to have an eating disorder if you have ADHD. You're more likely to become uh, addicted to something at some point in your life if you have ADHD. Um, and those are all very important things to know and read about. Um, but equally important is talking to one of those those percentages, that one of those people, and trying to understand how that actually works in a person's head. 
because well for example i have adhd um and lots of things that i can notice about the the the, the less healthy areas of my brain whether that's you know my my clinical depression which is a diagnosable thing or just feelings of shame that come up at seemingly random times or feelings of anger that come up at seemingly random times when i follow those when i grab onto that weird random feeling of anger that i felt in the car if i go whoa i just got really angry what just happened oh there was an ad and the ad said back to school this has been happening a lot because back to school season has happened but Are you using an example or is this a real thing? This life? really happened. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, no, I was in the car because I have a car now. Thank you. Thank you, Patreon. I can get to work now without Yay! Katie having to get up and come pick me up. Thank you. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, I, I was I was in the car. I was coming here. It was in the morning. And there was an ad for a back to school sale at, at Target or something like that about friends. And this also happened when, when we went to Staples to pick up the that banner. Um, but the concept or the, the, the phrase back to school, I immediately just had a panic response. Really? Like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't call it anger or, or it was just my whole, everything just became a lot. I felt my heart rate increase, my heart rate increase, my, in that, in such a way that, I mean, um, um, in such a way that, you know, it, it, for one who struggled, for a person who struggles with interpolation, you might not really notice that you might just let that pass. But, you know, I talk about mental health for a living, so I try to keep up with it. And so yeah. I felt that and I was like, whoa, what the hell just happened? I thought about pulling over because I was like, whoa, I need to sit in this moment because all those moments are all, you know, data points for for myself. Like what just happened? Is there something that caused it? Is there a smell? Um, and there was an ad for it. I think it was Target, but I don't know. It was an ad for some back to school sale at some place. And I was like, holy shit, back to school. And I grabbed that and I followed it back and I followed it back and I followed it back. And I remembered going to staples at the beginning of every school year in august or september or whatever it was with my mom and we'd go through and you know in third grade they'd give you a little list of oh like, yeah you like need the those school supplies list. yeah the school yeah. supplies list and we're going through the list and we're putting all these things and as we're doing it you know i, I didn't clock this at the time because i was a kid but looking back the whole time the, when we would grab a, the different colored folders, my head is going, oh, wow, they're different colors, so you can organize the colors by subject. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Those are going to get filthy. Those are going to get ripped and torn in a month, but I'm going to be ashamed of that, so I'm just going to leave them in my backpack so I don't. You know, my teacher doesn't notice that I ripped and tore all these folders, and so my backpack is now just going to become a graveyard <laughs> of just <laughs> dead school supplies, um, and then the pencils and pens, and then the, one of the biggest ones, and this all sounds very trivial, but it was very real to me, um, were uh, pencil boxes, those plastic little oh, clamshell yeah. looking pencil boxes. Oh yeah, like the yeah. Yeah, you can almost you can almost smell them, um, with the little circly things on texture on top. Um, I know, but, like I could like I'm like feeling my. Can't you my head. You can feel it right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was the most use that I got out of them was rubbing those, those little <laughs> nubs on top. Um, but I saw that, and I, I again, when, this was now I'm shifting to when we were in Staples the other yeah. day. I saw that. And I felt shame and anger and guilt. And I felt like I need to leave this room right fucking now. Um, because that was the thing that would be a symbol of my shittiness throughout my scholastic career. Was, I guess, scholastic careers. It doesn't matter. No, it's fine. Um, it was dirty. It was filthy. It would eventually, one of the little hinges would break because I would throw it in my backpack. Or, you know, I had poor motor inhibitions, so I would knock it off my desk all the time. But all of those school supplies... 
would eventually become evidence for me being a shitty, shitty, shit student and consequently a shitty person in my head. All That's what all of those things were. This, this, I can, so this, even just the smell of them and the, and the feeling of like that smooth outside of a folder and how it's thicker on one side because it folds over, you know, um, and the little times table on the inside, like all of that, all of that is connected so closely to shame. Um, and so in my car, all of a sudden I felt this immense feeling of anxiety and all that. And it was just because they said the, the phrase back to school. Hello, something <laughs> happened. They said the phrase back to school on the radio. Thanks for sharing that with me. Oh, of course. And and you, dear listener. But the, all that is to say that the statistics are deeply important. Of course they are. Um, but all of those, all the people that were surveyed or all this, the data that was taken for those, each one of those people... It that played out some in some way, the the it the play out it, it, you know a, a kid in school who has trouble sitting still or has trouble quietly reading when everybody else is reading. Hi, that's me. Hello, um, you know it's that kid if they have ADHD, which you know let's say they do, um, is twice as likely to experience addiction issues in their lives. You know that's true, but that's going to play out in a way. Because that kid is a person. That kid is going to meet a friend, and that friend is going to smell in a very specific way, and they're going to associate the, the lingering smell of cigarettes with their cool friend that they want to be like. So now all of a sudden they're building this association between the smell of cigarettes and being mature and interesting. And so all of a sudden they, they smoke one at a thing, and they don't know that their brain is going, ooh, dopamine, that was fucking great, let's do that again. Suddenly, you know, 10 years later, they're in rehab for the second time or something like that. Um it all plays out in a way. And so I think that's kind of why, dear Katie, so many of our episodes that are supposed to be about subjects eventually zoom out to be more, far more general because my relationship with reading is what it is, but it's indicative of a bunch of shit, most of which I'm probably not aware of yet because I, have a, I haven't unpacked it yet. I'm working on it. But I think that's... And I think that's 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 it's it's almost frustrating as a person who talks about ADHD for a living, um, because it's so everything, it's so everywhere. I I just had um a conversation with Ben Silver. It's uh, this is Ben Silver on TikTok at this is Ben Silver. Um, that episode will be published. You'll be listening to this on Thursday, so tomorrow that'll be on Friday. Um, but we were talking having a conversation, and um, I told a joke. Uh, I told a joke that I think is really indicative of how sometimes things are so everywhere that they're impossible to notice. Um, so you, dear listener, will have to listen to me tell this joke in two episodes in a row, but here we go. Um, but the joke is two young fish are swimming along in the ocean when an older fish swims by. And the older fish says, hey, boys, how's the water? After a moment, the two fish keep swimming. After a moment, one of them turns to the other and says, what the fuck is water? And I think that's fucking hilarious. It's a good joke. You've also told but, that joke on our podcast before. Oh, I probably have. I mean, I think about it all the time. But I think it's important because yeah. I think some of the most profound and important realities of life are so fucking everywhere that it's easy to forget about them. Um, and I think ADHD is a lot, is water in, in that way. That my ADHD profoundly affects every single part of my life and always has. So it's hard to notice and it takes a lot of effort to sit and think and go, oh, wow, the fact that I'm almost having a panic attack in my car at a Target ad right now 
is linked to all the times when I was sitting in school and we would have quiet reading time and everybody else is sitting there reading and I'm just like, oh my God, these pages smell really interesting. Why does this page smell different than the other ones? And I would rub, I can still, you know, I can, I can feel now the feeling of um, twiddling with like the corners of the pages between my fingernails. That's what I was doing the whole time instead of reading. And I got down, like I would hear another person turn a page and I would try to turn a page when they turned the page so that they would think that I was reading. Um, when that was shameful because then we got to talking about the reading part and I hadn't done any of it. You know, I tried for a couple of years, but eventually I gave the fuck up. I was like, I'm just going to pretend to read, you know, fourth or third. Eventually you start to have to doing the reading again. But so reading is not just reading for me. It's, it's, it's a connection to a, a, a feeling of shame that is, you know, that started when I learned to read. And I wish I, I mean, I like reading. I, I, I like reading in every, well, I like it every, reading in every single way except in act. <laughs> I think the concept of reading is fascinating. I think the fact that humans invented, you know, we can mark papers in such a way that we can describe entire world. I think every part of it is deeply fascinating to me and interesting and I love it except for doing it. It's it's almost strange. It's almost like it feels like being a chef, you know, if King Midas were a chef or something like that, you know, but every time he tried to eat, it would turn to gold in his mouth. So he can't actually do it, but he loves it. You know, that kind of feels like that. And it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating because I love reading. I mean, when I do read a couple pages, and if I manage to read a couple pages, um, I mean, I chew on them for a long time, which I think is is in some way a benefit of, of, of all this, that, you know, I imagine if you read an entire book in an hour, it all hits your brain largely all at once. Whereas since I can only read for 20 minutes at a time on a good day, that whatever I read in that 20 minutes is now just like in my head. And I'm thinking like, holy shit, like... Uh, the Scientologists <laughs> smeared ADHD like in the late 1900s. That's weird. That's a true story. We'll talk about that in a different episode. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I guess I, I, I don't know if I originally had a point or anything like that. But I just think it's important to remember that the tendencies that we bring up and the statistics that we bring up about people with ADHD are more likely to have this happen or have this disorder. Um, that every single one of those is a person that, and that plays out in their lives. And that person, I don't know, deserves happiness just like everybody else. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to read statistics when you're that close to it. You know, yeah. it's almost like you can't or else you won't be able to, but. I'm really glad I didn't open with my story about how much I like shopping for school supplies. Did you like, well, and it, Hey, I dude. fucking love school supplies so much. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you like shopping for school supplies, Katie Bobady? <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted no, to bring okay. attention. Well, that's the thing is, I, I liked them. I liked the it, the problems that I was incurring in you know in third grade shopping for school supplies is the same that I do it's, now. Yeah, is it's like I can see how a folder is insanely fucking useful. Right. Oh, it's color coded. That's it's, brilliant. Well, it's funny. But I can't do it. Goddamn it. What's funny, friend Eric, is that your we have the exact same answer. We're just approaching it from different mindsets. Answer to what question? Because the reason why I loved school shopping was because I was always convinced that this was the year oh. that things would change. Mm. 
And so, like, school supplies were, like, the fresh start, mm. and, which was, like, honestly a hot take. The reason why ADHD people buy so many fucking goddamn journals and planners is because we all secretly harbor that hope still. Oh, yeah. This um, is the planner that's going to become This is the planner that changes be, my life. It's going to be little post-it notes in it and stuff. But, like, but that was it. That Like, that was it for me was that every year I would I would go into school. I would have fucking the the color coded folders and the and the and the notebooks and I would do like little perfect labels and whatever, but then there would always be that moment. There would be the moment where I like tore the corner or broke the the hinge or lost the pens or whatever, and then it would just immediately go back to what it was, you know. But there was like that glorious shining yeah. like two week period at the beginning yeah. of every school year where I'm like, nah, ah, this is the year that I get friends. This is the year that I'm cool. This is the year that this happened. <laughs> and it's funny because like you would pretend to read. I would turn the book upside down and pretend to read slower than I could and pretend to not know the answers because I wanted people to like me. Like, it's so funny that you said that because I was just like, I was sitting here thinking, I was like, yeah, we, we both have the same experience, just like very different takes on it. Yeah, well, I think I, I feel that... I like I have like a profound sense of nostalgia for like school shopping because I mean just, like in a way I do too because I, I, I totally like that, had that feeling you know it was like this is the year this is the year that my I don't lose my pencils I only <laughs> need one pencil box I'm not gonna need two I'm not gonna need to refresh halfway through the semester <laughs> my parents would get so mad at me my parents would get so mad like about like I just how many fucking school supplies I lost it was like a whole thing <laughs> well I, I feel that. What do you fucking call those? Those fucking what, pencil the, boxes. I, I can pencil feel boxes. it. It had like the smooth with like yeah, the smooth and the, the dots. The top part was colored like yeah. it was purple or and something like that. There was and like the, the bottom. Was there was textured. like the rectangle, and the rectangle had like the the brand, and the rectangle was yeah. like textured differently yeah, than yeah, the, yeah. the other part of it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And then didn't they? They had like little circle outlets like yeah little, they had like those little like bumps little bumps you know I mean? and you rub the little bumps yeah oh and every year you get a planner from school yeah oh, remember that we didn't have those you didn't have those no no my school didn't have planners oh. i went to a tiny school oh, Wait, i guess that's right also my this is such a stupid story but i'm gonna tell it because i don't care we uh my school banned trapper keepers like we were oh. not allowed to have trapper keepers but it's such a fun phrase to say i know but I didn't know what a trapper keeper was until high school because my school banned them. And so, like, my mom just, like, wouldn't – we just would skip the trapper keeper. Just to keeper. make sure we're talking about a trapper keeper, you know, like, it's a cardboard thing and it has those rings that'll – Yeah, it's, like, know. the binders with, like, the cool, you know, like, designs or whatever. But we weren't allowed to have those until high school. And then when I discovered trapper keepers, that shit changed my life. Wow. This big, dumb Lisa Frank fucking trapper <laughs> keeper is, like, a high school student. Oh, you got the big one with the zippers and all yeah, that? Yeah, the pockets Ooh. and shit. Oh, goddamn. And then it was, like, disgusting and dirty and <laughs> torn. And I was just like, oh, it's indicative of my mental state. Oh, no. <laughs> well, like, I, I, that back-to-school feeling, and this is going to be the year. Like, I had that every single year of my life. Or, you know, every single new school year. Now, years don't really mean much to me. It's just all passing time. Um, but anybody who's listening to this who's in school right now, uh, eventually years are not going to be very measurable things to you. Um, but I had that feeling of, oh yeah, this is the year because I was, I always appreciated, I appreciate the concept of organization so much. I mean, I never shut up about mise en place and that kind of thing. First order retrievability. Like I appreciate the concept and I'm fascinated by the concept so much. Um, so when I would go back, you know, that's back to school supplies, I would, I would absolutely have that feeling of like, this is the fresh start. And at some point I started realizing the pattern of me feeling like that 
like it's the fresh start, this is the year, and then it inevitably not being the year. And then they were then they were right next to each other. So by probably sixth grade, going back to school shopping, when I'm having that feeling of like, oh, fresh start, here we go, this is the time, I would just teeter back and forth between that feeling and no, you're fucking not, Eric, who are you kidding? And then a couple seconds later, I would have that feeling again. And it was just switching back and forth and back and forth. Um, it was like a, it was like an induction heater. A little science for you real quick. Uh, any scientists listening to this, please correct me if I'm wrong. But there's something <laughs> called an induction heater that I've always wanted. If anybody has uh, uh, a line on a, on a thermal induction heater, please send, please let me know. What an induction heater is, Katie. What? Please continue. <laughs> I'm go- I think I'm going somewhere with this. It's a coil of metal. Um, so a stick goes out and then it's like a big spring and it goes wah, 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 and then it goes back into the source. So it's basically like a spring that's connected to a thing, right? a big coil. Um, and you pump, um, I believe AC current through that. Um, and what that causes is a magnetic field that's just switching back and forth really fucking quickly inside of that coil. So if you pick something that isn't conducted by a magnetic field, nothing happens. The coil never gets hot. You can stick your hand into it. But if you stick metal into it, that is uh, ferrous. Ferrous? Yeah, ferrous. Um, the molecules inside of it will align one way and then the other way and then one way and then the other way and the other way and the other way and they'll go so fast that you can heat like a bar to red hot in like a couple seconds. You just stick it in and it just goes whoosh. Also, you're a blacksmith. You might already know this. Did you I, know this the whole time? And, I did. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm glad I connected the dots. I was like, wait a minute. I'm explaining this to a fucking blacksmith. You know what an induction heater is. But that, I want to know what, you, what the fuck you were going to do with an what induction my, my, Well, my point was, is the feeling of hope and, and shame. I would go back and forth between those two so quickly <laughs> at the beginning of the school year because I hadn't fucked it up yet. And so I was like hopeful. And then data would be, the data shows that that's not going to fucking happen. So I would, th- when I was walking through Staples with my mom, every time I saw a new little thing, a little folder, pencil case or whatever, I got the feeling of hope immediately followed by the feeling of shame. And then I would see another thing, I would feeling of hope, feeling as I would switch back and forth between those so quickly that my brain would just heat up. And eventually, and I think to, to, to I know you're still smirking because this was, that was no, such I a was walk. I was going to make a terrible joke. <laughs> go, maybe that's why you're so hot. Hey, maybe, maybe it is. Silly. <laughs> but I mean to 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 bring down the room again a little bit like I think that's in a lot of ways where my depression started not just in that scholastic environment because again ADHD is water it's so everywhere it's hard to notice sometimes um I get that way whenever I think of a new project whenever I think of a a, a poem I want to write or whenever I think of a video I want to make or a way to reorganize my desk I immediately get that feeling of hope and appreciation for organization and appreciation for art and whatever, followed immediately by the shame of, no, you're fucking not. You are not going to write that book. You're going to start the book, and then you're not going to finish the book. You're going to start the sculpture, and then you're not going to finish the sculpture. And I go back and forth between those so quickly. And I'm talking about like matters of like seconds, sometimes fractions of seconds. I go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and it heats up my brain like an induction here. And I think that's where my depression was sort of born is it was easier to just go, you know what, fuck everything, always. It was much easier to do that than to deal with the induction here, the flipping back and forth of hope and shame. I was like, all right, you know what, if that's going to be the way that the world is, if I'm going to engage with the world and that's going to happen, I'm just not going to engage with the world. I'm going to give up hope so I don't have to keep teetering back and forth. I'm just going to fucking pick shame or whatever, I don't know. And, And then I was depressed from a very early age. Because every time when 
you know, if if when the school shopping happened or we're supposed to be talking about reading. So when the teacher would pass out a book, I was like, great, I'm going to look at this book and think, oh, I'm really excited to read this book. Follow immediately by, well, you're not fucking gonna back and forth, back and forth, back and forth depression. And so I think, again, it goes back to like, if you have ADHD or, you know, depression is an extremely common comorbidity with ADHD, but the why, how does that actually manifest in a person's brain? I'm really grateful to be able to talk about that kind of thing and learn about that and other people's experiences with it. Yeah. Um, but again, our, our relationship to reading, I think, is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I went, that was, I went so fucking far no, away. Okay. I, was, I was like, <laughs> I really, like, I don't know if there's a more on-brand thing than like, oh, we're going to talk about like learning disorders and ADHD and it turned into trauma about school supplies. <laughs> I don't know how we did that. I'm almost proud of us. But it's real. It's it's like, and it's the kind of thing that you don't like think about until it like hits you in the face and you go, oh, that's why I like buying fucking pens because it reminds me of hope, you know? <laughs> and then I lose them and I feel shame and then it's this constant cycle. Oh, shit. What the hell are we going to call this episode? I was going to call it Back to School but then I was also going to call it Reading Rainbow, but then I was also going to, I don't know, I'm stuck. I'm reading Rain Back to School. Reading Rain no. Back. Uh, That's terrible. Uh, reading, I don't we'll figure it out. I have I'm to sorry. figure out what I'm going to call the sections of this episode, too. Because I know, I, I know the majority of you don't, but if you listen to this on Anchor, I name the files of each segment a little funny little choke. So, you know, Anchor doesn't sponsor us yet, so I shouldn't be sh- sh- giving them a little free shout out, but just saying. That's, that's good. Hey, Eric. Yeah. I love you. Hey, I love you too. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Mm. I'm glad you're here. Me too. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. That was a ride. What a wild magic school bus. That ride. was a wild and crazy Miss Frizzle ride. Like the Miss Frizzle of ADHD TikTok. You are kind of the Miss Frizzle of ADHD. Oh, so I, I need more cool like planet dresses. I do I guess? I guess. Well, you got the dinosaur. You're like a, you're like a dinosaur. I'm like a I'm like Miss Frizzle, but only on the Dino episodes. Yeah. Cool. That's well. Fine. Anyways, here's a Patreon song. Wait, no. We have to we have to explain what happens for how you get into the. Oh Patreon. yeah. Oh excuse hey, me. Uh, we have a Patreon. It's Patreon.com/slash/InfiniteQuest. Um, and if you sign up to join our Patreon family. Uh, we put your name into a song that we rehearse all week uh, exhaustively for hours and hours and mm-hmm. hours. That's right. Um, and it's, you know, I'm not saying that Carnegie Hall keeps calling and we keep turning them down, but uh, wait until you hear our this for a, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <gasps> This week we have some new patrons to thank, like Katrina, and and Jada, Jada, and Kirsten, and Aaron. Now I'm singing. (laughs) Ha ha! Katrina, and Jada, and Kirsten, and Aaron. Katrina and Katrina and Kirsten and Aaron. Ha 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 ha
and Kirsten and And Sarah Huff. Oh my God. Sarah Huff. You're Sarah Huff. We're sorry that your name is now part of every Patreon sub, but it's just it's just Huff. I hope, and please do messages on Patreon if that's bringing up any sort of trauma or something for you. We will totally stop. But for now, we love it. Speaking of which, drink some water. Take your meds. We love you. You forgot to eat a snack. Eat a snack. I still love you. From all of us at Infinite Request, we'll see you next well, week. Like, I can see the numbers. I know nobody actually really listens. So we can just... Hi, if you're still here, you're really you're, cool. You know what? Wow. Honestly, if you're still here, uh, the secret word is oh, uh, lava I, lamp. Lava lamp? And if you email us at infinitequestpodcast at gmail.com and say lava lamp, nothing will happen, but you will get a cool sense of satisfaction and smoke superiority yeah, over everybody who stay. just fails by the end of the episode. Yeah. You're better than all of those people. That's true. You, you listener, are the best. Love a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening?